0: welcome to rebel roundup ladies and gentlemen and the rest of you in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels i'm your host david menzies well that was quite the meeting at the halton district school board on wednesday night you see the woke trustees there they love radical transgenderism except when it shows up to their headquarters in the form of my alter ego memory Menzoid. Isabel Ravosh was one of the rebel news videographers who shot the shenanigans that transpired that night. And Isabel will join me to recap the unintentional hilarity that ensued. And as if the continent of Africa doesn't have more than its fair share of problems, now comes news that the world's elites are using Africa as a testing ground for their egregious green ideas, which is to say, the UK government is now experimenting on African children by feeding them a bug-based diet? Wow, talk about thanks for nothing. Sheila Gunn-Reed will try to make sense of it all. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day, and I'll share some of your responses about the Chinese police, which is to say police officers from China who are actually operating as law enforcement agents right here on Canadian soil. What's the deal with that? Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. And folks, in just a few hours, the next Halton District School Board trustee meeting is going to take place. And I want to be there. I want to ask questions about that ongoing circus that's happening at Oakville Trafalgar High School, namely Busty Lemieux. His real name is Kerry Lemieux. He now goes by the name Kayla Lemieux. Uh, He breaks every shop rule in question, and questions abound. Uh, Is this legitimately a person transitioning? Or is this someone pulling a cosmic prank? Or is this someone suffering from mental illness? And if it's the latter, he needs treatment as soon as possible. Anyways, I can tell you that more than 16,000 of you have signed our petition, protect the students. Protect the students. And they need protection because you can see his completely inappropriate attire um, that he wears to shop class. By the way, something, if it was a female student that was wearing this, uh, she would be disciplined or suspended. But believe it or not, folks, there is no dress code for the staff. In any event, I desperately want to go to the school board meeting, but just one hitch. Look what happened last month when I showed up. For five days, the Lemieux story. No, no, you're out of order. This is your warning. The Lemieux story was in the news cycle for five days, and it was misreported that Mr. Hannah was the same person, and you never corrected the record. You, Mr. Innes, he, him, you, Dr. Shuttleworth, Heather Francie, a communications director who doesn't communicate not until monday night 10 18 pm to be precise did you correct that why did you throw mr hannah under the bus yeah so you see once again i got the bums rush i'm not even sure if they're going to let me in the building uh or whether their security or even police uh accomplices are going to keep them protected from impolite questions such as why did they allow stephen Hanna, an innocent teacher to be misidentified for several days before they corrected the record so what to do what to do you know what the saying goes if you can't beat them, join him and i'm a big wonder woman fan from the 70s so let's do the linda carter thing and see if the menzoid can transition himself Trustee Garrett's <laughs> really emphasized that vendors and attending are able to watch the duration of the meeting from the gallery. I'd like to present a petition called Protect the Students. We've had over 16,000 signatures. It reads, the Halton District School Board and the Director of Education, Curtis Innes, should be fired for allowing a female identifying shop teacher to wear enormous fake breasts that are barely contained by see-through blouses while teaching. Who is going to take this petition? Who is going to take this petition? And why did you throw Stephen Hanna under the bus by allowing him to be misidentified as Kerry Lemieux, a.k.a. Kayla Lemieux. Folks, do you want to see this school board take this petition or what? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, I think so. Yes. Which one of you cowards, which one of you woke cowards is going to take this petition? That's Anybody? Who? if you not taking the petition. That is the Who, petition. By Ontario Human Rights. Where is Curtis Innes, he, him? Where is that coward tonight? No, you're not even going to take the petition? You're not going to accept this from the people who pay your salaries? You owe it to the people. Right here. Over 16,000 signatures. Right here. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? why why should i leave why should i you are transphobic you are asking a transgendered woman to leave the room how dare you be so transphobic how dare you you horse-toothed jackass how can you be so transphobic can you believe the transphobia here folks can you believe it i'm trying to deliver a petition which one of you is going to take it? Which one of you is going to take it? What's that? Why? Why did you, Dr. Shuttleworth, why did you throw Dr. Mr. Hanna under the bus? Yeah, why? Why is Lemieux allowed to break every rule in the shop book? You talk about health and safety, what about the safety in the shop? What are you going to do? Who's going to take this? Who's going to take this? Who is going to take this petition? And Dr. Shuttleworth, why did you why did you throw Dr. Uh, Mr. Hanna under the bus? Why did you not clear up his identity? Yeah. Oh, the police are on the way. That's your answer, is it? The police are on the way. Is that right? Here, take this, somebody take this petition. Do you want to see the names of the people that have signed this? The, the people who pay your salaries? Who is going to take this petition? Where's the director of communications that doesn't communicate? I want to present it to one of you one of you should get off your ricotta cheese candy asses get over here and take this position petition who's gonna who's it gonna be any he him she hers that can walk 20 meters can you believe this they won't even take it so isabel it would seem to me that the halton district school board they're down with the radical transgender revolution except when it shows up at their door stop, stop uh, when, it, when it comes to their Burlington headquarters then they get very nervous and mm. they don't like being asked questions and they run away and they call the police what's your take on what we saw on Wednesday night?
1: Well I think it's I think it's first of all because they feel they, they feel a sense of shame because mm. they know what they're doing is wrong um, they know that that kind of behavior you know wearing prosthetic breasts and in front of children is not okay but in this day and age it's uh Mm. you can't say that so without the mob coming after you so
0: you you know isabel i think you've said (laughs) something really profound there that deep down they know this is wrong deep down they feel ashamed of themselves and i think what's holding them back from questioning this teacher mr lemieux is the mere fact of questioning If someone is legitimately a transgendered person, that in of itself is an act of transphobia. Is that where we are in terms of our cancel culture and wokeism that we can't even raise questions anymore?
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to ask questions, but I I think that's dangerous because how are we supposed to learn from anything? Like, you know, it's going down a really dark path. If that's allowed, like if that's allowed around children, Mm. what is next? Indeed.
0: And I think an added realm of hypocrisy, uh, you mentioned the enormous fake breasts Mm -hmm. and a see-through top. And um, what I find so perverse, Isabel, is that if that was a female student at that school wearing a top like that, she's suspended. But can you imagine the dress code rules don't apply to the teachers? I thought Mm -hmm. teachers are supposed to lead by example.
1: I know. I Yeah. I I don't know why that's allowed.
0: Um, yeah, and that might be rectified because I understand the Ministry of Education is getting involved and they're going to look at dress codes uh, for teachers. So that's something to keep our eyes on. But in the bigger picture, Isabel, I have three theories about what's going on and one I have dismissed outright, but I want to get your take. Mm-hmm. One is this gentleman, kerry Luke Lemieux, who now goes by Kayla Lemieux, is genuinely transitioning from male to female. I say that's BS. And the reason is that I think if you're a transgender person, male to female, or vice versa, you want to blend in with the other yeah. gender. You don't want to come across as though you're putting on a drag queen circus yeah, act. Yeah, no, this,
1: is, a, this yeah. is like a caricature. It's insulting, actually, to it, women. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It, I think it is maybe for attention or maybe mental
0: well or? that's what i was getting at that leaves me with two other theories and i don't think there can be any other theory one is there's a lot of chat chatter on social media that this teacher mr lemieux uh has gone head to head with the school board over wokeism issues like uh, gender neutral bathrooms and basically he's punking or pranking the school board he's saying yeah. oh you're all down with wokeism How's this for wokeism? So it's a cosmic prank, uh, in which case he might be more of a hero than a villain, or it is indeed mental illness. Uh, this is somebody suffering from some kind of sexual perversion, yeah. and if so, he must be treated. Where would you weigh in on in I terms mean, of what's going I, on?
1: I wish it was. I wish it was a prank. So you know, but I don't believe it is. I mm. think it's the latter. That um, unfortunately, I think he just you know mentally ill, or, or what you said, there's probably some perversion there. And I, I don't think that should be around children. I, um, But just the fact that these adults aren't saying anything, yeah. you know, it, it's concerning. Um,
0: yeah. I, and, and, and there's another element, too. Uh, we have several photos and video clips, mm-hmm. Isabel, of Mr. Lemieux breaking every shop safety rule yeah in the that's book. another
1: point like that alone should be enough to have him you know removed from the school because ha-
0: or are these discipline? i mean like or are we actually living in a day and age isabel where because he's trans to haul him in front of a disciplinary hearing for breaking safety rules that that in itself would also be de- be determined as transphobia
1: yeah, I I don't know it's it's not fair how um if you label yourself as, you know, transgender then automatically you get a free pass to yeah. do anything really because if you're if someone questions you then like you're it, labeled, you know, an un- intolerant. And,
0: you're yeah. right. It it doesn't make sense and you know I I think, you know, my position on transgenderism, listen. I believe in freedom. If you want to I don't know, get an operation, slice and dice your genitalia, take hormone shots, pretend you're a male, pretend you're a female, you live your life in suburbia, You know, going about your business in a quiet way like the rest of us, hey, who am I to say anything? But I think we're at a point, Isabel, where where this is being exposed to children. Mm -hmm. And it's not about acceptance and tolerance. It's about affirmation. We're supposed to say to Mr. Lemieux, uh, yes, we love that you're doing this. We're clapping, and to do otherwise would be um, a, a form of bias or mm-hmm. insensitivity. What do you say?
1: No, I completely agree. It's like um, it's it, no, yeah. I, I, I agree with what you said. Um, I, I don't know really how to add to that.
0: Uh, oh well, then <laughs> I'll, I'll just consider it point taken. Um, Isabel, you. I want to get your reaction. You know, you were behind me with a couple of other shooters mm-hmm. that we brought to the Halton District School Board two nights ago. And um, what s- sense of the room were you getting in terms there were many parents there? And of course, my back was to them for most of the time, so I, I couldn't tell how they were reacting. Um, were they supporters of us? Yeah, point? I, I okay. do think
1: that um, it seemed the impression I got was that everyone was uh, there, that everyone that was there was mad yeah. You know they, and they had your back, but uh, unfortunately they, you know, they didn't get answers. I don't understand why there even is a school board meeting if you're not allowed to have your questions answered.
0: Yes, that is spectacular. They wouldn't take the petition, and what a stupid strategic move by the board, Isabel. If they just came up and said, "Okay, thanks, here's your yeah, petition. Yeah, just take. You the can paper. go now," and and said nobody would go. And secondly. When it came to parents getting their questions asked, they had to put them in writing. They had to be vetted, and then there, it was going to be asked two, three hours down the road. That is so unbelievable because those parents are taxpayers with kids in the system. Those educrats work for us, not the other way around.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and the fact that they just left the room. I mean, how how do you how do you do how do you run a you know, school board that way.
0: You they're cowards. Re- yeah, <laughs> they are cowards. Well, you know, we're going to wrap it here, Isabel. Um, we're going to go back next Wednesday. Um, we're going to go. Uh, I, I believe uh, it, it's next Wednesday's the board meeting, but they might uh, rearrange uh, re- ar- it because mm-hmm. there there's so many triggered trustees there because of our little caper that we did. Um, I'm uh, I'm thinking of uh, you know doubling down. I mean, we still we're still getting nice weather. What about I sh- show up as Memory menzoid uh, donning a bikini this time? What do you think about that?
1: You could try. I, <laughs> I don't know if you'll get in the door.
0: But. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And, and I, I can indeed try. I don't know if Bikini Village uh, sells tops uh, in uh, Z cup size, which is what those artificial breasts are. Uh, but, you know, on a serious note, folks, the Ontario municipal elections, they're just around the corner, October 24th. And if you're tired of this crap, this wokeism, this cancel culture vibe, this political correctness, reach out to your school board trustee or those vying to be the new school board trustee and find out where they stand on this matter and send a message that you're tired of this wokeism and spectacles like the Busty Lemieux show at Oakville Trafalgar High School, (laughs) it's no longer gonna be tolerated. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this.
2: I regret to inform you that the world's elites are at it again. They're using the developing world as a testing ground for their bad green ideas. This time, the UK government is experimenting on African children by feeding them a bug based diet. I saw this article in LifeSite News and it absolutely turned my stomach not just because of the content of the experiment the article addressed but the absolute inhumane way that Western elites treat children in the developing world. It's a common theme with these people though especially with all of their green agenda ideas. They use the developing world as guinea pigs for their experiments. And it makes sense because the green agenda grows out of a mentality that there are just too many people on the face of the earth. These elites, of course, don't mean that there are too many humans like themselves. They mean, you know, those people over there with all the kids and their families and their traditional social structures and traditional diets. There's too many of those people. They're disposable. Plus, they're way over there on the African continent, so we don't have to look at all their suffering we're imposing on them. Anyway, here's the thing that I found in life site that was so appalling. Poor African kids are the subject of an experiment to determine whether regular bug consumption can improve their nutrition without consideration of potential inflammatory effects from insects. The UK government is funding an experiment to assess the effects of eating insect-based porridge foods on the nutritional status of children in Zimbabwe, a practice being pushed by environmentalists as a sustainable diet choice. The United Kingdom Research and Innovation-backed project is feeding poor elementary school children mopane worms and soldier termite flour on a daily basis for a year. The study will examine the effects of the insect supplementation on the children's height, weight and micronutrient status as well as their cognitive function as determined by their school performance. The project summary notes that this is all fine and dandy because insect foods are culturally acceptable in the African region and they've been used by some Zimbabwean rural communities out of extreme necessity to avoid malnutrition during drought and poor harvest. Now all of this completely disregards The very real potential for problems from eating bugs. I've previously reported on that here at Rebel News about a study published in 2019 that found parasites in 81% of insect farms that were examined. And in 30% of those cases, the parasites were, quote, potentially pathogenic for humans. That study called bug farms an underestimated reservoir of human and animal parasites. So these mad scientists from the UK could be funding a study that evidence has previously shown could actually make these kids sick.
0: Wow, that's sick all right. And as if the continent of Africa doesn't have more than its fair share of problems, now comes news that the world's elites are using Africa as a testing ground for their egregious green ideas. Indeed, the UK government is now experimenting on African children by feeding them a bug-based diet. As the saying goes, beggars can't be choosers, but consider this. A study published in 2019 found that parasites were in 81% of insect farms that were examined, and in 30% of those cases, those parasites were potentially pathogenic for humans. So not only is the meal on the plate gross to begin with, so too are the potential after effects. Gee, with friends like this, who needs enemies? And joining me now with more on this disturbing story is our chief reporter, and that would be Sheila Gunreed. How you doing there, Sheila?
2: I'm great, David. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: A pleasure. What a disturbing commentary, Sheila. You know, this ongoing narrative of trying to get people to replace their steak and potatoes with crickets and mealworms. It's somewhat nauseating to me. And now comes news that African children are being used essentially as lab rats. Sheila, maybe I'd have more empathy in terms of being an insect eater if the head honcho of the WEF, you know, Claude Schwab put down his filet mignon and tucked into a loaf of bumblebee raisin bread. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon What do you say, my friend?
2: You know, what's really disgusting to me is that these people always do these things under the guise of helping the vulnerable. Mm. You know what would help the vulnerable if you quit running your stupid experiments on them? Or Mm. if you quit making their lives miserable so you can pat yourself on the back in the western world for your constant virtue signaling they don't see the suffering they inflict on these people so it's fine it's worth it it's the cost of doing business and going green as i say in my commentary you see this all the time it's a it's a very common theme Uh, going they want you to go green so they want you to eat less beef so we're going to first test out our theory on these kids in the developing world and see if they get sick. And that study that you cited in the intro said that bug farms are a vastly underestimated disease vector. So the more they push for these things, the more that we should be worried for the pushing for these bug farms. And I think we learned a little something over the last two years about how seriously we should take uh, diseases that jump from animal to human. Right. Mm. Um, But Cobalt mining, that's done in Africa. It's done by African children so that people in the Western world can have their net zero cars. Um, Africa is constantly prevented from developing their natural resources and getting access to clean burning natural gas. But on the African continent, one of the leading causes of death has to do with chronic respiratory illness because they are burning things they shouldn't be doing burning inside their homes for heating and cooking like animal dung. And it's just a symptom of the, this whole thing that when the West wants to have their harebrained green ideas, they don't do that to themselves. They do that to people where they don't have to see the misery that they're inflicting.
0: No, you're so right, uh, Sheila. I mean, I know the Congo is a huge source for uh, cobalt. And I believe the number is something like 25 to 40,000 ch- child miners are, you know, extracting this material. And you're right, it's destined uh, for EV cars. And by the way, who controls increasingly uh, all those uh, materials such as cobalt and lithium that goes into those car batteries? Well, guess what? China. China. It's unbelievable. But you know, it's, it's so perverse to me, Sheila. In the big picture, you know, there's that Uh, saying uh, you will owe nothing and be happy. The WEF wants us to give up our steak and potatoes, replace it with bugs. They want us to give up our fossil fuel cars and walk or take public transit. And yet, if we look at those who are disadvantaged, and I'm looking at so many people on the continent of Africa, what do they want? I should think they want... Maybe a bungalow with electricity and hot and cold running water. Maybe they want a Honda Civic in the driveway. But no, instead of improving their lives, we've got to accept their misery. And by the way, just so we don't make ourselves too, too sick, we'll check out the bug diet uh, and its effect on African children. This is despicable, Sheila.
2: Well, and we know what these African children need, and it isn't bugs. The there have been several studies. There's a study in Thailand. I'm a bit of a nutrition nerd, especially when it comes <laughs> to animal animal products. There's a study done in Thailand on school-aged children. And I think there was another, there was a like a sister study to this that was done on the African continent. And it showed that kids who are given two to three eggs a week as a supplement, and even better, one egg a day, vastly improved their academic outcomes their health outcomes they were bigger stronger taller smarter and it was one egg a day but the study really focused on two to three eggs a week what a family could get from a couple of chickens producing for them and i thought this is exactly what we do in the western world with uh bovine
0: yeah
2: with ruminants we can't eat the grass so we get the animal to eat the grass for us and then we eat the animal We shouldn't be eating the bugs, but we can surely give the people in the developing world the chickens to eat the bugs so you can not only eat the chicken but the egg. And that's the thing that people in the developing world need. It's not something that we need to experiment on them for. We already know they just need animals. eat and animals to produce things and animals to eat the bugs instead we're feeding these people the bugs like they're the chickens it is despicable david
0: you're right sheila and and you know um there's that caveat the pro insect eaters always talk about don't don't you know it's a well-known fact there's at least two billion people on the planet eating insects what they forget to say is that these people are living in dire poverty and they have no choice it's to eat that Or starve. And you know, Sheila, here in London, Ontario, and you know, I went down there to interview the CEO of Aspire Foods. It is a cricket breeding facility. I got to tell you, Sheila, and our folks watching, I had no idea how big this thing was going to... It looked like one of those Borg cubes from Star Trek. It's it's ginormous. And it's producing millions and millions of crickets. And here's the thing. um, If this was driven by the free market economy okay if there's a market for crickets and and right now they're only producing the insects allegedly for pet food uh consumption now for now i and and that's true because you know i i truly believe that but here's the thing sheila it's not a free market driven thing they have received millions and millions of dollars of federal subsidies to prop up this thing so I'm sorry, since you and I and our viewers, we all have skin in the game. If you think um a bug uh, producing plant is a viable um option, well, then why don't you get your own shareholders to prop it up instead of depending on the taxpayers?
2: If you want to eat bugs, eat bugs. I don't care. <laughs> like I really don't care. If you want to eat bugs, you want to go and get a bag of cricket meal and eat bugs. Fine. I don't care. I'm too busy defrosting a steak in the sink right now to care what everybody else is eating. But I don't want to pay for it as a taxpayer. And I don't want people in the developing world used as guinea pigs for these bad green ideas. We know enough about human nutrition to know that people in the developing world, children in the developing world are nutritionally deficient. And that can be fixed by an egg and not by a cricket farm. It's just outrageous to me that people in the Western world sit back and say, you know what, this is exactly what they're asking for. This is not what people in the developing world are asking for. Quit giving them the things they didn't ask for and give them the things that they need.
0: And Sheila, one last question before we wrap. Where or where is, say, oh, I don't know, Black Lives Matter on this file? Because we're talking about a continent full of Black people And this is a detriment to them. This is almost an act of hatred as far as I'm concerned. Where is BLM when it comes to denouncing this new kind of food-based imperialism, if you will?
2: Yeah, it is food-based imperialism. It's green colonialism, I'll call it too. But BLM, you know what? They're too busy spending that $80 million or whatever it is that they raised and then they're being completely unaccountable for. They, it was just a money-making operation, BLM. They don't really care what happens to black people, particularly the most vulnerable uh, people of color in the developing world.
0: Wow. It, it is this story just so gross. And Sheila, there's so much blame to go around. Uh, But you're not going to hear about that in the mainstream media. So thank you for that superb commentary and have a wonderful weekend. I know you won't be chowing down on crickets and mealworms and other creepy crawlies, but probably a good old fashioned Alberta steak. So have a wonderful weekend with you and your family, Sheila.
2: I will. You too, David.
0: Thank you. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Now, folks, we are still on the hunt to get answers as to why there are three Chinese police stations essentially operating out of the greater Toronto area, one in the Scarborough region of Toronto and two in Markham. Now last week we found the address for one of the Markham based uh, police detachments, if you can call it that. It was at a um, Chinese business association, Uh, you may recall we went out there to visit, not sure if they wouldn't open the door or if nobody was home, but here's how that went. The door was locked and either nobody was answering uh, the door or the business is closed. Why don't we just go and make another house call and see if anyone's home. As you can see, the door is locked. Now I see a monitor on but so far nothing. So we still haven't heard anything from that business association. I've left the voicemail, but um, nothing to report on yet. Now, the reason why I'm here is this is a a detachment for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and York Regional Police suggested I reach out to them for answers for this uh, situation. And the Toronto Police suggested we reach out to Interpol Canada. I can tell you in both cases, I did. I sent a query to the media relations department of the RCMP and of Interpol Canada. Haven't heard back. So we thought we would just make a house call because we want to know how it is that another nation's police force and of all the nations in the world, China is operating here in Canada. Now the ostensible policy reason is that they're supposedly helping the Canadian government crack down on fraudsters, but we know from a group called Safeguard Defenders, they're a human rights group, they have very serious concerns about these police officers operating on Canadian soil and in other nations. Here's what they had to say in a report, quote, these operations eschew official bilateral police and judicial cooperation and violate the international rule of law and may violate the territorial integrity in third countries involved in setting up a parallel policing mechanism using illegal methods." Well, that's pretty disturbing that they're not following the rules. In fact, they might be operating here illegally. Why are we tolerating this? So, like i said i never heard back from either interpol or the rcmp we're going to make a house call right here to this rcmp detachment let's see if we have any success why sir we're doing a story on these three chinese police detachments that are in the greater toronto area now two are in markham and one is in toronto and we reached out to the toronto police and the york region police and york region said you got to get in touch with the RCMP, which I did. A week ago, I sent um, an email to the media office. And Toronto Police said, you got to reach out to Interpol. And I'm going to have a colleague in Ottawa reach out there. But we're just trying to find out. Like, we, went, we found the address for one, but there was nobody home. Or they wouldn't answer the door <laughs> when we came to the... Uh, it's a, a Chinese business association in Markham. So, sir, what I was hoping to do was, like, like, literally pay a house call, because I've waited a week and I've gotten no response. And we're, we're just, do you know where these other addresses are for these Chinese police detachments, or? No, I've never,
2: like, it's the first time I hear about it. Oh, but, okay.
0: But, I like, I was, like, because we have a media RCMP person. And, yes. And I do have a direct email address. Oh, okay. So if And I, this is my business card here also with, If you have any problem reaching out, oh, I appreciate that. Because I I don't think I had a name. uh, So I'll reach out again, right? Well, in any event, that pleasant staff sergeant did give me the contact number for yet another RCMP media relations person. I reached out to her immediately, and she got back to me saying she had passed along my request to someone else in media relations. But whoever that is, I don't know, and I have yet to hear back. And I think my questions are pretty simple, folks. Namely, one, do you know which department of government signed off on the foreign police operating on Canadian soil? Two, do you know the addresses of the other two stations? Three, there are human rights groups voicing concerns about coercive tactics being used by the Chinese police here to convince citizens to return to China. Are you concerned about this as well? And finally, four, what actual powers do the Chinese police have when they are policing on Canadian soil? I think these are questions that could be answered in 10 minutes. But alas, the RCMP is moving at the speed of a federal bureaucrat on this file. And if their goal is to just ignore us and hope this goes away, trust me, dear viewers, the Mounties will not achieve that goal. In any event, you had plenty to say about Chinese cops operating on Canadian territory. Dag Dagnabbit writes, Sorry to tell you guys, but Trudeau sold us out to the CPP. You know, I totally agree, Dag Dagnabbit. And before blackface McGroper even became prime minister, he proved your thesis when he stated at an event in Toronto that he has admiration in his heart for the basic dictatorship of China in terms of getting things done. Can you imagine any future leader of a Western democracy saying something that grotesque? Nevertheless, is it any wonder Chinese police are active in Canada? Our PM probably admires those brutal cops, given he travels with a bunch of RCMP thugs as his private security detail. And yes, I have the scars to prove that. B. Balagroa writes, I say everyone protests at these Chinese stations before they take us over. Well, you know, wouldn't that be a sight to see? I mean, would the Chinese police respect the right of Canadians to peacefully protest or would they whack them and stack them a la Tiananmen Square? Oh, what am I saying? When it comes to whacking and stacking, I think that is now the bailiwick of the Trudeau liberals given their egregious invoking of the Emergencies Act earlier this year. Birds of a feather, I suppose. Doc Alton, 17, writes, Truly inspiring work. You all are doing rebel news. As an American viewer, I have truly been blown away by Canadian media personnel planting their feet and forcing the truth to the surface. You all have one American down here who will defend y'all's integrity and deserved respect from spiteful mouse. Thank you, neighbors. Well, that is so kind of you to reach out to us in such a fashion. Thank you. And Dockleton, good luck with the Chinese police problem on your side of the border. Say, maybe those cops from Beijing can be deployed to the, your country's southern border to help round up those who are trespassing into America on a daily basis. Yeah, I know. What a concept. Illegal aliens being rounded up by illicit policemen. Oh, what a world. And MindGirl AK 49 writes, Why are the Chinese police operating in New York City? See a pattern here? Oh, indeed, MindGirl AK 49, there is a pattern given that these commie cops are operating in about 30 nations worldwide. And the question remains why? And who signed off on this? You have my word, folks, we shall continue to investigate this matter in the days ahead and bring you some answers. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. See you next week. And hey folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.